Hi, listeners. This is Katie. Um, Before we get into this episode, I wanted to give you a content warning that we are going to be discussing a Mormon true crime case, and it is quite sad and intense, so before we get into it, if you need to turn this off, go ahead and do so. I also wanted to make some corrections. So when we were talking Um, Sarah was reading some tweets from someone named Shannon Watts, and I mistakenly conflated that name with Shannon Watts, who was tragically killed by her husband. They are different people. The Shannon Watts that we are talking about in this episode is an activist, and those are the tweets that you'll hear. So I wanted to correct myself, and I also wanted to give some information if you or if anyone you know is experiencing domestic violence, um, please reach out for help. Uh, The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233, or you can go to thehotline.org. All calls are toll-free and confidential, and the hotline is available 24-7 in more than 170 languages. I'll have that linked in the show notes below. Thanks so much for listening. Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back. Hope you've had a great week. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Yeah, I hope you all are doing well in 2023. That's wild. It's 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, How are you doing, Sarah? Good overall. Um, Yeah, we, we chatted a bit before the episode started. I was telling Katie a bit of postpartum blues just being real with everyone because we need to talk about it to make it normal mm-hmm. um but other than that feeling a bit better now that we're recording getting a bit out of the, out of my own funk and feeling mm-hmm. good but how are you I'm good thank you it uh yeah going chugging along chugging along I have a new patron to shout out. Um, I love that. That's going to make me feel even better. So tell me. Yes. Hello and welcome to Candice over on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. Yeah. Thanks for your support. Thanks for joining us over there and uh, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome. We just recorded a episode over there that was really great that Sarah prepared and I loved it and I'm not going to give away any more because oh, I'm not going to give away any details but I am just going to leave on a little cliffhanger here that there is a hilarious surprise mid-episode very so. much a surprise too folks uh-huh. anyway if you want to listen to that and our other content go to patreon.com slash not so molly mormon and that takes care of announcements for me. All right. Should we get into the episode then? We shall. This is another Sarah-prepared episode, guys. <laughs> so it's going to be super scattered because it's no. not brain where I'm like, oh, yeah. And then this and then, oh, yeah. And my notes reflect that. I tried my best, you guys, to be super organized today. I even sectioned it. Like, I have Ooh. sections in my notes trying to You are such a professional writer. <laughs> But then, you know, I get sidetracked and go down a random tangent. So there's that. We love it. We're here for it. 
Um, yeah, so before I get into this, I do want to say trigger warning. It's a true crime episode, and it's a very recent one, and it does involve um, murders of young children. So if that is something that you just can't really stomach or want to listen to, I suggest you skip this episode because it's really, it's hard. It's a tough one, I think, for anyone, but especially if you're a parent, like for me as, as a new mom, it just made me sick um, reading oh. some of it. Uh, yeah. So just, just, you know, fair warning, it does involve children being murdered. So definitely skip ahead, go to next week's episode or wait till it's out or just Take a day, a week off of the podcast because yeah. oh boy, it's a doozy. Um, but I felt like it was something that we should cover, not only because, you know, we do have a lot of true crime fans on the podcast, Katie and I included, um, but it's something that it even reached a level where, you know, President Biden made an announcement to like, you know, basically apologize and to reach out for support not apologize, but to offer support for the victim's family and condolences. Right. So it made national news and it's a it's a tough one to swallow. So if you haven't already guessed which one it is, it's the most recent one that happened in Enoch City, Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I get into the episode, just to give my sources and uh, citation here so that if anyone yells at me for anything, go look it up. I'm, I'm using my citations, okay? Um, yes. <laughs> so the first one is it's an insider.com article called well, basically entitled Utah man accused killing wife of family. And it has, um, yeah, basically talking about quite a bit of details of what happened, but also the obituary. There's also bbc.co.uk, um, eastidahonews.com, twitter.com from the user Shannon R. Watts and the spectrum. So those are the things I use to draw some of the story from. Go read those articles if you want to hear all the nitty-gritty details. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, Great. actually, okay. um, this one was, as I mentioned, quite recent. And I remember when, I mean, it was just in December, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, at the end of December, I believe. Um, so, yeah. really, really recent. It's still ongoing. But when it came up on the news, like on BBC, because my husband looks at BBC news five, six, 20 times a day, constantly. <laughs> like, I don't so know. British. It's, very, it's a very British thing. Everyone's con- yeah. We watch the news every day at 6 p.m. The BBC news. Oh, you do? Oh, we like, do, Katie. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> we do. It's like we don't miss the news because it's serious here. <laughs> I'm impressed. No. I do think it's good, though, but it, after a while, I'm like, oh, my God, I've heard the same story 10 times today. Can we please, like, turn off this news right now? Anyways, when it came out, I just kind of giggled because they couldn't pronounce Enoch City. They were calling it Enoch or Enoch or something like that. <laughs> right. It's another one of those weird Utah town names. Like, we've said this before, but there's a town in Utah called Nephi from, yeah. you know, the Book of Mormon. And when you hear other people from outside of Utah try to say it, they're like, Nephi? Enoch? <laughs> uh, it's like, what are these names in Utah? It's a bizarre land, friend. Exactly. And Enoch, like, that's, he's, he's, um, is he in the Bible or the Book of Mormon? Um, I think the Bible, but 
let me I don't know. Let me look. I don't know. You guys <laughs> we're are professional. Probably, we're professional. <laughs> Listeners are probably yelling at their phones or whatever device they're using to listen to the podcast and are like, oh, idiots. No, that's not what it is. Um, yeah. Okay. So to give a background first, the the main, obviously what happened, we'll, I'll get into it later, but background is um, Boyd and Gail Earl. So that's the family of the wife who was killed. Um, so the husband, Michael, and I don't know how to pronounce the last name is H A I G H T. I think it's height. I, I would say height. Yeah. I think it's height. Um, he was a 40 something year old insurance salesman and his wife was 40 year old. And I think it's Tasha. It's T A U S H A. I think it's one right. of those Utah spellings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Yeah. And uh, then also her 78-year-old mother-in-law, sorry, mother, so it was his mother-in-law, her mother, Gail Earl, and his five children. Okay, so... So it's five children. Five children and and his wife and his wife's parents? His wife's mom. Wife's mother, okay. Yeah, so... Right now, it's still not proven, but obviously, uh, yeah, it's like they're pretty certain that he's the one who killed his family. So he opened fire on his wife, his mother-in-law, and his five children before he killed himself. Oh, my God. Yep. And they lived in Enoch City, Utah. And just a bit of background on that, um, I think it's it's interesting they put this background context in BBC so that people understand, like, okay, Enoch City, Utah, what is this? It's a small agricultural town in southwestern part of the state. It's about 245 miles south of Salt Lake City. Um, Isn't it right by or close to Cedar City? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get into the motivation or what they think is the motivation behind the the murders a bit later, but just to touch on it a bit from most of the articles, as soon as you open or start reading them, they they mention that Tasha, uh, Tasha, Tasha um, filed for divorce from Michael on December 21st. Mm. And witnesses told police that Earl, so that's the mother-in-law, Gail Earl, had been living in the home to help support her daughter and grandchildren. Um, but there has been no official word on Michael Height's motives or other information on the circumstances surrounding the shootings. So a lot of speculation and the main one being that she filed for a divorce. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You know, we we hear it all the time and any of us who listen to true crime that the most dangerous time for it's usually the woman leaving the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's when she tries to leave is the most dangerous time that that's when a lot of these um, murders or domestic violence situations escalate even further than they maybe already were. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, And if you, so if you click on any of these articles and again, go to the start to, to listen to the, the resources, um, resources, not resources. (laughs) You're good girl. We good. I just put my head on my desk. <laughs> I I could hear it. I was like, Mom, oh, Mom, <laughs> it's such a struggle. God Almighty, Celestial Jesus Almighty, DJ Almighty, give DJ her, Almighty, give her that, those mindful powers. Give her that brain energy. We got this. 
Dear Lord, dear Celestial Jesus, please bless me with the power and authority to to say what I need to say in this podcast episode and to get my language and words correct. Amen. I am here for this Southern mixture of of CJ and like Southern Baptist going on. I know. I should just start the whole episode in my Southern accent. I should just do it. Pull it out. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I don't send that. That's. <laughs> I need a few drinks or to be really tired or really angry. And then the accent's super strong. So <laughs> one of the three, let's pull it out. Um, yeah. But anyway, so if you pull up the the episode, uh, sorry, the articles and look at them, they have like actual pictures in them of the family and also of their home and everything. And the family, like if, yeah, they look very Utah in, is that the word? Utah, I, yeah. Yeah. I was not. I was actually surprised. I didn't expect them to to look like that and to be so young. Like in my mind, yeah, 42 and 40 isn't old, but I just, they look very young. And then obviously the children are quite young. Um, yeah. It's sad. It's really sad. And it's, um, yeah. So. Oh, get, I just pulled up their pictures. Yeah. Oh. Isn't it really yeah. just. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Yep. So poor baby. I know, and because the guys, so I'll get into it again a little bit later. But the age range of the children is from seventeen to four. Mm-hmm. So it's three girls and two boys, seventeen, twelve, seven, seven, and four. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness! It's it's my heart. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um. So to just an overall, my next section is murders and potential motivation. So. Okay. Uh, Enoch City manager Rob Dotson said uh, that their bodies have been discovered by police at around 4 p.m. on Wednesday. And this was after someone reported that Tausha had missed a scheduled appointment. So it prompted the police okay. to go by and check on the family's home as like a welfare check. Okay. Um, yeah. So and again, this is. So basically, I couldn't find a whole lot of information about Michael Height either. I wanted to understand a bit more about his background. All I could find was that he's 42 years old. He's a insurance salesman and LDS. So everything, like any, all of these articles mention the fact that he, they're both very devout, practicing LDS uh, members, and they even mention him serving a mission in Brazil. Um, okay. So church going a lot about service and gratitude, um, but I'll get into that later because I find that the most disturbing, not the most disturbing, obviously the murders are the most disturbing part, but a very disturbing element of the story is that their justification of certain things that happened to the families and the victims and also how much it's embedded in church, like fluff, like toxic positivity oh right yeah yeah so mm-hmm. you'll see that a lot in the obituary and also the family statement and the funeral it's it's really sad so um as i mentioned before the enix city mayor jeffrey chestnut he said that the police are still investigated the motive behind the killing so they're still not 100 percent sure and this is ongoing this is still very recent things are still being unsolved or um sorry not unsolved being like discussed and, and trying to figure out the motive behind the killings but the highest possibility that they have right now is that their court records show that tasha height filed her divorce on december 21st yeah 
So they yeah. think that's what it was. And then also the fact that um, her mother-in-law was living in the home for support. Again, that's like another reason why they think that this could be motivation is that something had gone pretty serious or something had happened quite, maybe not even serious, but just the point where her mom is having to move in to offer support while she's filing mm-hmm. for divorce means that right. things weren't on the best Right. She's, at that she's point. needing, she was reaching out probably and, and asking for help, not only with like the kids, but I'm, I, you could speculate that it would be for her as well. Like, help me. I want to file for divorce. Like I want to get out of here. Exactly. Yeah. So based on this, like, so right now the city uh, announced via social media that they're not going to release any more details until the investigation is complete. So that's why I couldn't really find anything else. And there's no additional information available at the time, but um, all they would say, the police, that is, is that they believe Michael Hyde killed his family members and then himself inside their home sometime between Tuesday night and Wednesday afternoon. And the deceased were discovered at home Wednesday. And as I mentioned before, it was because the police were responding to a welfare check. Um, so someone who had a meeting with Tausha Hyde, and they didn't say what kind of meeting, just said that she didn't show up to the appointment and they couldn't mm-hmm. get a hold of her. Um, and then this is the part where we're going to get into it a little bit later because I've broken it down into funeral obituary and the press release or statement from the family. But just one of the things that they mention is that the family members of Earl said that height. So Earl is the maiden name of Tasha. So right. Tasha height, um, her mother was Gail Earl and the Earl family are the ones who are mostly discussing what happened. So the family members said that Height, so Michael Height, the murderer, removed all of the guns himself. So all the guns that they had in the house that he owned either by himself or his wife owned from the home, uh, sorry, in the home, he had removed a few days before the shooting. What? Yeah. So he'd taken out. So, okay, so they had multiple guns, I'm mm-hmm. gathering. And he removed them. No, they don't know where, but he took them out of the house. Yeah. So he removed all the guns. And so the wife, so Tausha Height, she told her extended family that her husband took the guns from the family's home in the weeks ahead of the shooting, just two weeks after she filed for divorce. Oh, my goodness. This is from, so her sister-in-law, Jenny Earl, told the Associated Press um, this information saying that her, you know, sister-in-law told her that and her more of her extended family that her husband removed all the guns from the house a few weeks, two weeks after the divorce, after she filed for divorce and a few weeks ahead of the shooting. And so yeah. he was like, OK, I know I'm I'm speculating, but this seems like premeditation of yeah. he's taking out anything that anyone could use to defend themselves against him. Yeah, that's how I took it. I mean, to me, it's very. I took it as, as you said, premeditated. This wasn't a spontaneous thing. This is, okay, right, she filed for divorce. And then two weeks after, he's had time to think and stew. And probably it was like, all right, this is the best solution. So I'm going to remove all the guns to protect, or basically to prevent anything from going wrong with his plan. Yeah. I don't think it was to protect himself. I think it was to protect his plan to make, you know, to to murder him. Because you could be like, well, give him the benefit of the doubt, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he just wanted to get the guns out because he knew he was angry. But then when you see what he did, that's obviously not where that went. Exactly. Yep. 
And we'll get into that a bit later um, because the whole gun issue actually comes up in the family statement. And it's a whole other okay. point of the story that I just was a bit shocked, but also not shocked by. Um, so they do identify the children, but out of respect to the family, I'm not going to say their names just because I find that's I could do that and they have their names. But I just think, you know, it's it's too well, soon too soon yeah and they're underage and we don't have a personal connection with them so I think that's better to if if people want to know they can find it exactly there it's all online you can look at it but I think out of respect to the family and just like you know they're they're underage and just know that they range from 17 to 4 and they're five children um okay so moving on to the funeral um so the funeral was held at one of the chapels, so the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, it was the Laverkin Chapel, um, and afterwards they were taken to a local cemetery, um, which, yeah, so that was like the first, one of the first mentions of the church being involved. And then also you can see, like, pictures of the family outside of the church. Um, and I think they're basically, they tried their best not to have press involved, but you know, obviously it still happened. Yeah. Um, um I don't know if you know the answer to this, mm-hmm. but were, was the funeral like, was it for everybody combined? Oh, that's a good point. I don't know that actually. I do know. So later I'll talk about the actual obituary that was for Michael Height mm-hmm. and, okay. That, so again, just to re- refresh everyone's memory, he's the, the dad who killed everyone. Um, his obituary, like they don't even mention the killings or the victims. And it's like really positive, which I get it. It's some, he was someone's son and, you know, brother possibly or uncle, whatever. So he was still had family members, but the fact that they didn't mention the killings at all. And it was just really upbeat and just glossed over what he did. I have a feeling based off of that, that the families probably did not combine the funerals because also he, so he wasn't buried with them at the same time. It was only seven caskets and not eight at the funeral. Okay. That's, that's kind of what I was getting at. I was hoping that he wasn't with them. No, no. So from what, yeah. So it says here that there were seven caskets so only seven bodies of the eight people who died in the shooting so and okay. The, okay. the one that was missing was michael height okay All right. um and the funeral was closed to the public except for invited family and guests but you know the family was incredibly large so even just with the family alone and with close friends there were hundreds of vehicles at the chapel build, building um lots of media was outside but they waited until the service ended and then they took the the deceased to the cemetery. Um, yeah. And because Enoch is such a small town, I mean, it's a really tiny community. Um, almost everyone knew the family, right? Or they yeah. knew of their relatives or had some type of connection. So the, the victim's family, so the mother's family, which again is the Earl family. So Brett Earl, um, he's a representative of the surviving family members. He said... The outpouring of support the family had received from all over the world had helped the survivors and others in the community to come together and start the healing process. He said, quote, there is a story here. There is a story of two families hurt and broken through unspeakable tragedy. However, only a tender 
merciful and loving Heavenly Father and God can take this tragedy that has touched us so deeply and reach deep inside each of us and turn it into a miracle of healing, growth, and progression. Mm. So, again, this is a very sensitive topic because obviously it's it's a tragedy. There's no you know way around that. It's a horrible, horrible tragedy, but it also made me even more sad to see that this, this, you know, element of trying to comfort through Heavenly Father and God and that it's a miracle of healing, growth and progression as a, you know, as a, a mother, as a grandmother, as a any type of person who's connected to their family. I still think that would be hard, even if I was an active member of the church to want to see this as a miracle. Yeah. And yeah. Way. No. When I heard the word miracle, it. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to judge this man and what he said because he lost his family. And I, you know, I understand wanting that comfort from some sort of deity or religion. But to me, I, if I heard that and I was affected, I'd feel angry. Like what kind, you you know, you're saying that (laughs) Heavenly Father is loving and kind. What kind of God would let this happen? Yeah. Like, why would why would Heavenly Father, you know, do let? And I know that everyone would say, well, free agency, blah blah blah. But it's like, I don't know. That would just make me not it. As of me now, I would not feel comforted. But I can understand how sometimes people just are grasping at things when they're in the throes of grief. So exactly, yeah. <sighs> I I completely agree. Um, so. Now to the obituary. So you can't see the obituary anymore. It was published. So the obituary for Michael Hyde, sorry, to clarify. So for the dad, the murderer, um, it was published in the local newspaper, The Spectrum. And it was public, but now they've they've made it private or either taken it down so that it's not accessible to the public because of basically some of the comments that were said as in – yeah, it was not positive, and I understand because the obituary that was written for him, like I mentioned before, doesn't say anything about the killings. So yeah, I that to me, obviously, you know, he was he was someone's son, etc. But you still should be able to to mention like obviously what he did was horrible. Right. It it um, feels like he shouldn't be honored in a in a way, you know, in a positive obituary at least not publicly because exactly of what, he, of what he took away from people yeah yep completely um so in the obituary too like I couldn't see all of it because as I mentioned it's been taken down but there are some quotes in the the spectrum and some of the other articles that pull out like these quotes from the obituary and also there are screenshots from a Twitter post from the Twitter Twitter account Shannon Watts and she posts I think it's like four which I'll get into those later that you can see what was written in there but from the highlight or like a high level version there's basically they described his life as saying it he excelled at everything he did which I just think that's such a poor choice of words to say he excelled at everything he did even yeah. you know like to me it's just really insensitive like oh it is it's horrible yeah yeah um and of course they they mentioned that he served a mission to brazil for the church of jesus christ latter-day saints they also say like those who were killed were also latter-day saints um 
And then, uh, yeah, so this is a part where I'm going to get into later with the statement, but to give some background context as to why I'm using this Twitter account. So Shannon Watts is responding to the statement that the family releases. And the reason why she's responding to it is because basically they're talking about the guns, right? And they don't want it to be made into a political agenda. Uh, okay. Um, before you go further, yeah. um, Shannon Watts is, that's the name of, of, was it Chris Watts who killed his whole family? Oh. So I'm wondering if this Twitter account is using that as a statement, using that name, or if, because that's not a very common name. I'm going to do a quick, I should have done this before, but I didn't do it. <laughs> I was like, Shannon Watts. I just, yeah, you're right. Yep. She yep. is, uh, yeah. Yep. So that must be someone using her name, as, you know, to make a statement about perhaps um, domestic violence or family annihilator, these, these men who, who do this. Yeah, no, shit. you're right. Cause when you, when I just typed in Shannon Watts, the first thing that comes up is Watts family murders. And mm-hmm. for those who maybe aren't familiar, it was in 2018 in Colorado. So Christopher Watts murdered his pregnant wife and their two children. Yep. So, so I, I just made that connection and I was like, Oh, that's probably why. Good that, thing that you Katie's on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, sorry. Back to what you were saying that the, the family didn't want to politicize guns. Yeah, so Wait. basically, so Watts, so Shannon Watts, she responds on her Twitter. I, I don't have, I know I'm so old, I'm ancient. I don't have Twitter on my phone, so I couldn't view most of these things. I could only see what was in, like, news articles. But she says at one point, um that basically she's talking about the wife's family putting out the statement supporting guns. Okay. So Tasha Hout's sister-in-law, Jenny Earl told the Associated Press, what I already said to you guys before that he, so Michael Height removed all the guns from the home prior to the alleged killings. And Earl said, so her sister-in-law, Jenny Earl said that the lack of access to the guns left Tasha Height, her mother and children more vulnerable. Um, and then the Earl family also say, quote, protective arms were purposely removed from the home prior to the incident because all adults were properly trained to protect human life. This is the type of loss that will continue to occur in families, communities in this nation when protective arms are no longer accessible. Well, I would argue that if guns just weren't accessible, period, then murders would reduce but yeah yeah so so Watts like I said in this Twitter account she took a few screenshots of the obituary that I just wanted to read some of them and then we'll get into the families like I want to read the entire statement from the family okay and then we can talk about that because she's she's responding to the statement of both the obituary and the family statement and just basically saying that like obviously this is you know, not only is it horrible and gross enough what the family or what Michael Hyde did and what they put them through, but then you have the Weiss family putting out this statement supporting guns. Mm. So some of the things in the obituary were um, Michael Hyde. So he's talking about Michael Hyde. Um, he was always kind and good to us and always was willing to lend a helping hand. 
We don't know the whys and hows, but I do know it's not our right to judge. And the Lord loves Michael very much. May your family be truly blessed at this time. May you find peace and comfort and know that he was loved by many. Our family had three generations that loved and trusted him. Um, and then, so some of these are from the family and some of these are from his friends as well. So people who knew Michael. Uh, um, I'm just, I, yeah. I'm over here covering my face. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to be sensitive and let people have their feelings, but also, you know, to say that the Lord loves this. Yeah. I, I some, anyone who can do this, I just, yeah. I don't want them to be in a, in a positive light like I don't, I don't either I don't I don't either. it doesn't sit well with me like I understand he's someone's family member but he's also a horrific murderer that completely annihilated his whole family like mm-hmm. a four-year-old baby yep I just exactly. I don't know how you can say positive things after that yeah exactly but, it's, it's horrible and Oh, and so, so side note, I do just want to have a little edit here from my side that I don't know if, if it was the entire obituary that didn't mention the victims or if it was only the obituary comments didn't mention the victim. It's a bit unclear. So just okay. as a, an edit there in case people are like, uh, you're wrong. I couldn't see the obituary, so I can't see if it mentions it. But from what I gather, it was both the obituary didn't mention the victims and also the screenshots from Shannon Watts are the comments that mm. that don't mention the victims. So okay. like you were saying, like, how can you, even, even if Michael was someone's like very, very best friend, what he did, you would still say like, Oh, I'm, you know, my condolences to his family, but also like to the victims, that's horrendous, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they don't mention anything I, about the victims. I'm just putting myself in like, I mean, Sarah, you have brothers that have families yeah. and you know of course this wouldn't happen but if something like this did happen with like your brother you would not be saying things about how he excelled at everything he did no. he was always very kind it would be like he took my you know my sister-in-law and my nieces away from me so exactly exactly that's what I would be saying like and if you read so I'm just going to read these other ones because there are lots of exclamation points too which I just I don't know why that one really bothers me but like how can you have exclamation more like points in in these comments on obituary of a murderer of his family and five kids yeah unless yeah. it's to say he's an absolute piece of shit yeah. I don't want to see an exclamation point but right right Um, Anyways, another person who was Michael's friend says, quote, we have known Michael since his grade school and baseball days when he became an insurance agent. We were able to work professionally with him. Eventually, all of our children became clients of Michael. He has always been so good to us and so helpful. We will miss him. Best wishes and love to Brenda and all his family. Exclamation point. All his family. Uh, The rest of his uh, family that's remaining, the ones that he didn't kill. Okay. I feel I feel queasy. Right. It's, it's, it's horrible. And I just, do we, do you think that, I I think this is a really interesting, like it's obviously terrible and awful, but it's kind of interesting how so many people are saying positive things about him. I know that this could happen in any community, but the fact that it's so abundant in this small LDS community is kind of like, it's fascinating that they're, they're all willing to say things like this. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, wait, like, I don't know. You, you know, I'm sure it happens occasionally, but like, for example, in that Chris Watts case, they, they weren't Mormon and I don't think they had 
you know, an outpouring where people were saying nice things about him and like, no, not at all. Because yeah. we covered that episode, didn't we? Did we do an episode on that? Or am I just making? I don't. It? I don't think so. But I know we talked about it a lot. You and Maybe I. Maybe like you and I literally bleeds into one. I'm like, I yeah. have a documentary on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I feel like I had this conversation with you, but it was probably just you and I chatting about it and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that there's a very distinct Mormon element here mm-hmm. um, yeah. with that community of outpouring. It's it's interesting and I I'm un, I'm uneasy. I'll say that. <laughs> I'm it made me very uneasy and that's what I was talking to Greg about before when I was like preparing the episode. He was like, "So why is this like, you know, uh, going to be on the podcast, you know, what makes this true crime story different other than the fact that they're Mormon?" I was like, "Because of how they handle the situation and and this horrendous murder and the comments that are made, I just find them, as you said, queasy, but really just so incredibly insensitive and dismissive to the family of the victims. And this practice of, well, he was still a son of God, so we need to not have judgment and love him and blah, blah, blah. No, fuck that. Like that to me, it's just horrible. And, you know, just to like read two of the other comments, like, okay, so this one, basically sums up exactly what I'm trying to say. It says, quote, he went out of his way to help and serve other people. He loved his family and was proud of them. He took the time to show people that he loved them by serving them. Michael was funny. I don't think I'll ever forget the time we visited the cowboy ghost town and Michael decided to be the wife in that cutouts. I'm grateful for his example, Christ-like love and service, his life and his friendship. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. I'm upset. This is, this is, uh, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I, I I mean, how can you just write like how in, in, in any state of mind, can you sit there and write these lines? Like he took time to show people that he loved them. He loved his family and was proud of them. He was an example of Christ. He was an example like love. Um, no, I, I think this also can go to show that, you know, these guys can look so um, acceptable and charming to the outside world. And everyone's like, oh, he was so great. He was so funny. He was so kind. And then they do something like this. It's like, oh, he was probably a very different person mm-hmm. behind those doors. Because Which is I don't think that just important. happens. Yeah. And that doesn't just happen just, oh, one day I'm just going to kill everyone like you know there was abuse happening you know there was exactly and I guarantee okay I can't guarantee but I would be very confident in saying that the people who are writing these comments probably also sided with Michael if he was complaining about his wife filing for a divorce I'm sure they were like oh yeah that Tasha she's you know she's just out to get you and you know I can't believe she would file for divorce blah 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 but Obviously, she had a very good reason for filing for divorce, yes. especially considering her husband then shot and murdered her and her entire family because she filed for divorce. Like, And the kind of person that you have to be to not just uh, like, yes, divorce is devastating. Like, it's not fun. But like, what kind of a person do you have to be to be like, no, I will not let you divorce me and I'm not going to walk away and start a new life. No, I'm not only going to murder you, but I'm going to murder your the whole family your, as your well. Like your family. Yeah. What kind of egomaniac psychopath do you have to be? It's yeah. like I can't even wrap my head around it. 
I can't either. And any type of true crime is obviously like, you know, if it involves a murder, it's horrible. It's horrendous. It's, you know, it doesn't matter who the person is who's getting murdered. But when it comes to your own children, that is just something I cannot fathom and I don't want to be able to because I think it takes a sick person to be able Mm -hmm. to get why you would do that. But fine, you're unhappy, you're miserable, then kill yourself, but don't kill your wife and your children. Yeah. Like if you're going to do something like that, just leave the kids at least out of it. Like, come right. on. Just like the level of control yep. that he wants to have is like, well, you want to leave me? I'm going to make sure I end everybody because I'm not in control. That's a, the next, the like highest level of fucked up. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. And then but he's a worthy priesthood holder, and he's Christ-like. Ugh, fuck off. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the last comment, too, that sc- that Shannon took a screenshot of. So this, oh, by the way, just out of context, this was posted, this Twitter um, post was done on January 14th. So okay. not long ago, just Mm-mm. a few days ago. Yeah. Um, and it had one million views already. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so... It's going viral, as they say, as those kids say these <laughs> days. Um, so the last one is, quote, he will be missed, exclamation point. We pray for comfort and peace through this difficult time. We were glad that we had our third cousin as our insurance agent that helped us out. Wish we would have had a big family get together barbecue like we talked about, but never will be able to do. But sorry, oh, no, my- not even never will be able to do. I added that in thinking that's what would be sensitive. That's not what it says. Um, it says, but never were able to. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Whoa. So he's, you know, memory is like, oh, really happy at a third. I'm saying he, I'm, I'm assuming this cousin is a he. And, you know, his third cousin helped out his insurance, uh, was his insurance agent. And, you know, wish we had a big family get together but we never were able to slash you never will be able to because your fucking cousin murdered everyone. Yeah. And you can take your prayers and shove them where the sun don't shine. Like that's not going to help anything now. Nope. Nope. (sighs) So yeah, so that's the obituary, which like I said, couldn't see it all just got bits and pieces, but from what I can see and what others have shared, it's real it's real fucked up and horrendous. Um, I wasn't able to see uh, much of Tausha's obituary or uh, the children, which I think that's good. I think it should remain private as much as yeah. possible. Maybe it's out there. I didn't bother trying to search because I just thought out of respect for her and her kids, like, I will leave that alone. I did see one uh, comment from her or one statement from her obituary, which I just wanted to include because it's very Mormon. It says, quote, her greatest desire in life was to be a mother and raise children that exemplified Christ's attributes. She was an incredible mother who constantly sacrificed everything for her children. They were truly the most precious possessions she had. So mm. that's that in of itself. I'm sure she was an absolute amazing mother. And that's so heartbreaking that this is even happening but a bit sad that I find that that's when her betrays that like, you know, was that her? I don't know. I, I find it. I don't want to be insensitive either. Maybe that truly was her greatest desire. But to me, it just reads Mormon that that, yeah. that they put that in there. Um, yeah. Who knows? Maybe it was. And I'm not 
you know, I'm not someone who can comment on that, but I just thought that was interesting and wanted Mm -hmm. to put that out there for other people to think about. And maybe you completely disagree with me and that's totally fine. But, um, I just thought that was very much like something written by a Mormon Bishop, you know, not not really someone who knew her. Um, Okay, so the last thing I wanted to chat about in this horrendous uh, case is the statement from the Earl family, which is Tasha's family. So they released a statement. You can find it. It's uh, one of the, the sites I mentioned in the beginning. And it says, the following is a statement from the Boyd and Gail Earl family. Gail Earl and her father, Tasha Height, along with Height's five children, were shot and killed in their Enoch uh, Utah home this week. And this is what they say, quote, as we try to make sense of this unthinkable tragedy, we wish to express our gratitude for the outpouring of prayers, love, kindness, and support. It is during times like these that our thoughts and our thoughts are drawn towards a loving and all knowing God who created a beautiful plan of salvation that extends far beyond the moral loss of those most precious to us. The hurt and humility felt through these experiences only serves to draw us closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to express our overwhelming gratitude for his infinite, beautiful, and powerful atonement. We invite all to seek the peace that only can be found through him. So I'm just going to pause right there. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. Like, really, I found it. It made me angry, and I'm not even their family. I don't know these people. I, you know, maybe that's what gives them comfort and peace. But to me, it's like, really, you're going to use the first paragraph to try to convert people? Like, this isn't about fucking converting people to Mormonism or to finding peace through God. Like, this is about, you know, your family who was tragically murdered and wanting to say, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not no, in a place I, to make a comment because maybe that's how they deal with it. And maybe that's what helped them process all of this. I can now imagine I've never been in this situation, but I just find it so like I'm going to use this time to put forward a Mormon message. I don't yeah. And my heart just my heart like hurts for them, too, because. I remember thinking these things when I lost someone when I was Mormon, like, oh, well, there's at least the plan of salvation. And it is like you're reaching out to try to get comfort. But also, I hate that the church has conditioned them to do that, that like that's their first response is like, well, this is, you know, we need to be thankful for the plan of salvation at times like these. And I wanted to say, like, I it's like, what kind of plan of salvation is this where a God will allow someone to kill his four-year-old child? And then yeah. you're just supposed to say like, oh, but the plan of salvation, we're grateful for it. Like, no, these children didn't even get yeah. to live their life and they were taken from the rest of their family members. Like, I, yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's, it's a tough one. And again, you know, take I'm sure listeners, you know, you'll take what we're saying with a grain of salt because I've obviously never been in this situation religiously. Yeah, not. yeah. So I don't know how I would deal with it. But when I read it, it just made my blood boil a bit thinking like, uh, you know, like this. I don't know. It, it just seems like such an easy like, oh, this this tragedy happened. But, you know, God has a plan and it's all fine. And we have, you know, our, we're so grat- like grateful for everything that he's done. It's that toxic positivity again. Like, mm-hmm. They still have to say that they're grateful, even though they're obviously they're hurting. I mean, it's their family dead. Like, that's tragic. Um, Okay, so I'm going to go on. I'm going to skip the next paragraph. It's just talking about 
saying thank you know their appreciation to law enforcement first responders blah 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 so then the next one is uh we recognize heartbreak extends beyond our family and friends and is shared by neighbors classmates and community we express our love and appreciation to the people of enoch for their warmth and love towards this beautiful family we know that some may struggle with this insensible loss. It is our hope that any who need support find the strength to reach out for appropriate help. Did think that was good. At least they're trying to yeah. say, like, reach out for the appropriate help. Um, yeah. I would like to hope that that means outside of LDS resources, but. Right. Yeah, I know. I doubt that's the case. Um, okay. And then this last section is the one that is the the doozy, the one that uh, Shannon Watts is commenting on as well. And a lot of people have been commenting on. So it says, quote, we would caution media outlets and the public at large about using our family's story for any advocacy of political agendas. Protective arms were purposely removed from the home prior to the incident because all adults were properly trained to protect human life. This is the type of loss that will continue to occur in families, communities, in this nation when protective arms are no longer accessible. It is our desire that the media turn their attention to the weightier matters surrounding this event. In place of political advocacy, we would encourage reporting about the value of all human life, the great works of God that can render a forgiving heart, how religion can heal and enlarge our capacity for love, and a return to foundational principles of peace within our nation. The reality is this tragedy serves us as a call to the memory of God, religion, freedom, peace, and family, and the efforts that are required to maintain those freedoms. What what in the actual yeah. fuck? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, I was trying to maintain my composure because I'm like, okay, this is the family and whatever. <laughs> that is... That is unacceptable like okay first of all they're saying don't politicize this when they're politicizing they're doing that that's exactly what i thought i thought okay you just said don't make this about political agenda but you're doing that you're you're just saying everyone needs to basically vote a certain way and be and bring back principles yeah but what about my guns protect my guns okay Uh i want to say right now even if there were all the guns in the house. You know what? That guy still would have killed probably almost all of the family. Oh, 100%. Just because you have a gun doesn't mean that he's not going to shoot everyone first. Exactly. Like he could have had a plan and it locked away the other guns. You know, it's not just have, it's like the whole good guy with a gun argument. Like, well, that's not going to stop the assassin. Like, like, yeah, maybe you, it, it in very rare occasions, you might be able to shoot the assailant, but he's already been shooting for for right. however long. He's already killing people. And it's and not so then, like she had one in her pocket. I'm assuming no. maybe Tasha did. Maybe she normally carried a handgun with her at all times. But I'm going to think it's safe to assume that she didn't have it. So if he comes in, guns blazing, and just starts shooting everyone, how, how is she going to have time to go get her gun no. if it had been in the house to save her and her whole family? No, and even if she had it, like, on her hip, he still would have killed people before she could have mm-hmm. shot him. Yep. Like, Whereas... that argument... No, no, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say that argument is, uh, it's enraging. And then for them to politicize this and say, well, please don't politicize it because we need to keep our guns. If there were guns in the house, mm-hmm. like, she would have protected our family. You don't know that. He still would have killed someone. 
Mm-hmm. And then to keep going on about, oh, what you need to focus on is the more heavy issues. And I thought, oh, are they going to talk about domestic violence or mental yeah. health or anything? No, they no. start to talk about religion and God and guns. I uh-huh. cannot. I cannot. Yeah. Exactly. They talk about the great works of God and how he can render a forgiving heart. First of all, that family does not need to forgive him ever if they don't want to. No, That's, no. Fuck that. And then they talk about how religion can heal and enlarge our capacity for love. Well, actually, the capacity for love thing, that's questionable considering they want to prohibit most people from actually having love in their life. Oh. Um, (laughs) You know, third, like a return to foundational principles of peace within our nation. It's such a dig, like foundational principles, meaning, you know, our Second Amendment rights to bear arms and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what they're Mm -hmm. talking about. So you're just doing the, and then, you know, the reality, the quote, the quote here, the reality in this tragedy serves as a call to memory of God, religion, freedom, peace, like blah, 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 to those things required to maintain those freedoms, making it like to be at the center of our government. And right. The, that's how know. I'm hearing it is, yep. that, yeah, God should be the center of our government. Leave my guns alone. Don't let gay people get married. And if you're <laughs> black, don't protest because. Uh-huh. It, that's what I'm hearing. And I, I think it's uh, it's just really unacceptable to, to to use this tragedy to say those kind of mm-hmm. things. Exactly. Like when I read that, I just thought like, that is so fucked. That is so fucked. And again, I'm not trying to say I know what how I would, you know, handle any situation like that because I've never been in it. But I guarantee you I wouldn't say those things. And I just find it really really insensitive to the victims, but also just to the whole situation that, you know, so many tragedies have happened around guns and this situation, the fact that they're saying like, oh, you know, the protective arms were removed from the home. So, you know, that's why this all happened. No, you know, this wouldn't have happened in the first place if Michael Height wasn't able to access guns and and attain a gun so easily in this country. That's exactly it. That's what, you know. Exactly it. Sorry. And then I know people are going to argue with, yeah, but he could kill some, you know, he could have killed them all with a knife. If he wanted to kill them, he would have killed them. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, it wouldn't have been the whole family. Someone would have taken him down by the time he, you know, was going at him with a knife. Right. It takes much longer and you have to get closer and all of that. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, my God. My blood is boiling. I know, isn't it so sad? Because obviously what happens to family is horrendous. And it's something that I don't want to even try to imagine because it just makes me so incredibly sad to think about that as a possibility in your life. But then you just see this and you think this is the time where maybe it's a comment towards having some type of gun safety protection in place in this country. And instead you're taking it as like, oh, we, we don't want this story to be, you know, a political agenda against guns, but really? like, that's what you're concerned about when you, yeah, when you're, it's just, it feels like it's disrespecting the memory of these people who were killed to, to use this as a time, it's time to talk about that. You, and they didn't mention anything about like, you know, this is so very obviously a domestic violence escalating mm-hmm. situation. Nothing was mentioned about that. No. And meanwhile, people are saying how great of a guy he was. Exactly. Exactly. Ah. And again, 
I don't have access to the whole obituary. I don't have access to a lot of things. So if the family wants to argue, oh, they're taking things out of context or that's not really what happened, blah, 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 then make it private or public again. Because otherwise, when I see these, you know, bits and pieces of comments of the obituary and then you have the entire press statement that you can read in its whole, it's hard for me not to make an assumption or to to comment on this. Like, it's just... Yeah. And I think the reason, again, it's purely speculation. I could be wrong. But from what I understood, the reason why the obituary was made private was because so many people were commenting on the fact that, like, it was really inappropriate and insensitive. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the wow. true crime case of Michael Height and Tasha, Tasha, how you pronounce it, Height, and their five children and mother-in-law who were, yeah horrendously killed and murdered in their home it's awful it's That's so it. terrible and it's terrible no matter what but like yeah like you said this whole everything said about it and the mormon circumstance of like well the plan of salvation and blah, 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 blah. he was a great guy that's horrible Ugh. well yep so for, for for covering it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry for making you guys making you guys all depressed after that episode, but um, it's it's an ongoing, obviously, investigation. So I'm sure we'll be hearing more reports later on. But I just thought, like, Phew, that's a heavy one, and it has a lot to unpack. And it's not just the typical, like, and I say typical because it happens so often, especially with guns in the states, but like murder situation. It's it's a lot happening as well like with yeah Yeah. the family and mormonism it's again i do want to emphasize though like obviously you know our condolences are out to the family and the victim's family Um, oh yeah it's it's horrible everyone who knows who knew them and and everything like i'm not trying to be insensitive but sometimes no and i i got we got a we got to talk about it. And I think, obviously, our comments are in no way a reflection of the actual victims who were murdered. It's just a comment on how things are handled at the moment and the things that are said around the murders. Um, right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Good clarification. Well, <laughs> on that note, everyone, try to have a great week. We'll <laughs> <Yeah>. see <back> later. <laughs> have a good one. Bye. Bye.